In the newsroom, I'm Michael Arney. Here is your top story. It started out as a routine traffic stop. It turned into the largest fentanyl seizure from a traffic stop in state history. Happened Tuesday morning on I-94 near Pawpaw Township. Ken Lundberg has the story. Michigan State Police pulled a vehicle over on I-94 near mile marker 55 outside of Pawpaw for improper lane use and a cracked windshield. When police looked inside the car, they suspected criminal activity. After searching the vehicle, police found four kilos of fentanyl. Michigan State Police spokesperson Lieutenant Dwayne Robinson. It disrupted the distribution of around three million fentanyl-laced pills with a total street value of $9 million. The driver, a 25-year-old man from California, was arrested and taken to Van Buren County Jail for possession with intent to deliver more than 1,000 grams of fentanyl. Robinson says this was a big arrest. This is the largest seizure of fentanyl on a traffic stop in state history. Michigan State Police says fentanyl is the deadliest drug threat facing the country today. It's a highly addictive opioid that is 50 times more potent than heroin. Police say this shipment was headed to Detroit and the investigation will continue. Ken Lundberg, WSJM News. The Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber is voicing its opposition to efforts in Lansing to reinstate Michigan's prevailing wage law and do away with the Right to Work Act. Chamber President Arthur Havlicek tells us the Right to Work law prevents workers from having to pay union dues as a condition of their employment. He says when the state passed it in 2013, it put Michigan in a better position to compete with locations to the south. We have a unique perspective in Berrien County, uh, given our proximity to Indiana, which is itself a right-to-work state. And essentially because business investment amounts to a competition on a global scale, when our neighboring communities have an advantage that we don't, we can see it pretty clearly where that investment ends up choosing to go. Havlicek says right-to-work keeps costs down for some employers. Also, he says reinstating the prevailing wage law would cause construction costs to rise. The prevailing wage law was repealed in 2018. It required that workers on publicly funded construction projects be paid union-level wages. Havlicek says schools in particular have expressed concerns by bringing that law back as they plan capital projects. Market Van Buren is continuing its efforts as if the Palisades nuclear power plant will not receive a federal loan to restart the plant. Sarah Snow, Inc. from the Economic Development Organization says they would like to see that happen, but they're not counting on it. Our prerogative right now is to continue planning like the plant is closing, continue to look at how to mitigate the negative economic impacts uh, that are rippling through the local economy because of that closure. Um, should the plant reopen, our work won't be for, for waste. Eventually that plant will close, um, but then we'll have to pivot to start to look at um, how to approach that in, in a more long-term sense. Plant order Holtec International says they estimated it'll cost about a billion dollars to restart Palisades. They were denied a grant from the Department of Energy, and they're waiting for word on a loan from the department. St. Joseph's Lake House Bar and Restaurant will not be reopening. Confirmation came in a social media post from owner Amy Hugel after a lot of recent speculation about the future of the popular eatery at Lakeshore Drive and Hilltop Road. It's next to the Holiday Inn Express. The lakeshore had been shut down since December. That's when cold temperatures caused water lines in the old and poorly insulated portions of the building to freeze and break, and it flooded part of the lake house. Hugel's statement suggested the recovery and operational issues tipped the scales on a decision that was being contemplated anyway. She says they had an amazing eight-and-a-half-year run. She thanked all their customers for their support. They're currently determining the next steps for the property. Governor Gretchen Whitmer is addressing the massive power outages that left several hundred thousands in Michigan without power for up to a week, in some cases more. 
She was asked what she thinks the job that DTE Energy and Consumers Energy did getting everyone's power back on. We are looking at the um, culmination of years of underinvestment infrastructure, you know, across the state in a variety of ways um, and climate change. And, you know, I, I think we owe it to the people of Michigan to understand what the problems are. Remember, added she's had a lot of conversations with the utility companies and there's still a lot of work to go. In the newsroom, I'm Michael Arning.